Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. Thank you, guys. I didn't expect a standing. That's kind of a fun way to start. Um, (laughs) I want to just pray to start because... I believe that when the word comes, it's by his spirit that we receive it. And so I'm gonna pray that the Lord is upon upon me, that he's flowing through me and that you are able to receive what I have to say today that I believe is a word from the Lord for our church and our family. So Lord, I just thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for this body that is gathered here, that you have built one life that you have put the people in place as you chose. And I just pray that this morning, your word would go forth from my mouth, that it would be your words and not mine, and that the spirit would rest here with us. We invite you to move in our hearts this morning. Help each one of us to receive what you're saying. Help us to hear your word and receive it. I pray that we would be a humble people, a people ready to do what you've asked us to do, a people who receive your love and are able to give it in the way that you've asked us to. We just thank you so much, Father, for being here with us, and we invite you to come and dwell with your people today. In your name, amen. 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 All right. So we've been in John 15. Uh, Has anybody been reading John 15? Uh, I know at the beginning, we kind of focused on it a little bit and everybody was supposed to read it for like a week. Uh, If you've been dwelling in John 15, it's a beautiful passage and it shows us how God is the vine dresser, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. And it's a beautiful passage that I wanna just kind of slow down and linger in for a moment. We're gonna move a little further down in the passage than we've been in the last few weeks. But first, I just wanted to say, in John 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples. So they have just come out of him washing their feet, He's coming out of just instituting the Lord's Supper, breaking bread together, uh, drinking the wine, and, and that represents the washing away of our sins by his blood. So all of that had just happened. And now he's moving into a moment where he wants to impart something to his disciples before he is crucified. So right after this, they go walking out into the Mount of Olives and it's the place where he prays and he actually is in such agony that he sweats blood. So this passage is right in between, okay? So we kind of have to keep that in context. This moment is not just a flippant comment. These are important words that Jesus spoke. They are some of the last words he spoke while he was, before he was crucified. So we wanna slow down and just even think about what the disciples are thinking. He had just washed their dirty feet and showed them that to be a leader, you serve, And so these things are just going through their mind. And so as we enter this passage, I think it's super important that we slow down a little bit and recognize what is happening in this moment. And I'm gonna read to you the part we're gonna focus on today and then we'll go kind of verse by verse through it. But to start, I'll read it. John 15, nine through 17. As the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. 
I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you, love one another. Now, that's a long passage and there's a lot of words and so you can get kind of lost. So we're gonna go slower. I wanted to read it at the beginning to give us a full picture of where we're going. But the first sentence that Jesus says is, as the Father has loved me. Jesus understood and received the love of the Father. He understood it and he received it. He said, as the Father has loved me, he knew the love of the Father. The Father in John 15, one, Jesus says, the Father is the vine dresser. So he's the one caring for the vine. So Jesus knows that God is caring for him. He actually has so much love for him that he's caring for Jesus in his human flesh. And so what, he's, what that word loved means, it's the agape love. And agape means preference regarding of the welfare of. It means that he has affection toward Jesus. Those are all things that the father has towards Jesus. And so he functioned in this relationship with the father, unobstructed. He wasn't wondering, does the father love me? No, he says, as the father has loved me. And so he knew, he was positioned. He didn't wonder, he knew. And so then he goes on to say, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. So just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you is what Jesus is saying. And I want you to abide in that love. Don't go wondering and wandering. He agape loves us. We are preferred. We are, he has regard for our welfare. He has affection toward us. And so we don't need to get our love from other things. We don't need to get it from people. We don't need people to tell us you're doing a great job. We don't need people to say, "Um, I have so much love for you. Now that's nice and God does use people, but he wants you to get love from him directly from the source. We are the branches and he is the vine. And as we are connected to him, we receive the love of the father. And because the father, Father loves Jesus and it flows through Jesus to us as the branches. And so it's this beautiful thing he's, that, that word abide, abide in my love, abide. I love it. We've said it every week, but it means to tarry, to not depart, to be held, to endure, to remain in an eternal state to continue to be present in. So when we abide in his love, we continue 
to be present in his love. We don't waver, we don't wonder, we believe it and we know it. We have it, we, we have it in us. It's like, oh, his love, it doesn't depend on my actions. It doesn't depend on my works. It actually is there and I can receive it. I can have it flowing into me all the time. And so his love is his nature. His nature is love. And so if we can learn to abide and rest in that, to tarry in that, to endure in that, when things come against us and people say mean and hurtful things about us, we don't wonder, what, am I okay? I don't know. Um, I don't know if I'm okay. We actually can rest secure in his love. We can be secure in his love. And that's how we're supposed to live. Abiding in his love means that we live in an eternal state of believing that Jesus is with me that he is taking care of me and that he has affection toward me. So we wanna abide in that place. We wanna live in that place. So he goes on to say, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And I think when many of us read this, we go, oh, it's works. And we immediately transition to a religious outlook. And I, I just wanna challenge that because I think that what Jesus is saying based on the study that I've done, it's not a like, I love you, I, I'll only love you if you keep commandments. His love is there regardless. What he's doing is he get, he's giving us a warning. He's telling us something that will draw us away from him. So he wants us to, to, to keep and guard this commandment that he's going to give us. He wants us to watch over it and to keep it to our hearts because he doesn't want us to get away from him. And when we read earlier in that passage, it talks about branches that kind of die off and are unfruitful. And I believe that what he's trying to tell us in this passage is that there's something that's going to sever. If you've ever seen a plant and there's a branch, um, when it kind of snaps a little bit, it stops getting nutrients. And this, this commandment is something that snaps us and we suddenly can no longer get the nutrients we need from the vine. And so I believe what he's saying here is, I'm warning you, my children, don't neglect this commandment, not out of fear, not out of um, condemnation, not out of shame or guilt, but hey, this commandment is so important. I want you to listen and it's going to help you abide. So if we can learn to do this with him, then we will be abiding. So I think it's super important that we, we listen to this next thing. He says, this is my command, love one another as I have loved you. And right here, I want you to picture the vine dresser and the vine and the branches. And I believe there should be a picture. Is there a picture? Aha. So this is a grapevine um, that was actually sent to me by a lovely friend. And these are grapes. And then let's go to the other picture, the big picture of the vine. Okay, so this is one vine. Okay, so one vine that goes and goes and goes. And if you are looking at it, you can see that all of the branches are connected to the vine, right? Are they individual branches or do they have an effect on one another? They would definitely have an effect on one another. If one branch is sick, the whole vine gets sick, unless it's removed. 
And so it's super important for us to recognize that our love for one another is connected to our love, the love that we are able to receive from Jesus. There's something that can come and separate us because as we stop loving others, if we put a a distance between me and someone else, we begin to bring shame and condemnation on ourselves because we are judging or hating or not loving someone. We end up bringing that same thing on us and we can't receive the love from the Father. It's hard for us to receive something from the Father when we are, are kind of chipped away, when we've allowed something to come and break the branch a little bit. And so it's super important for us to listen and see what the Lord is doing. We, re- we receive love from Jesus, our, our, our vine, and then we give out the love. We are conduits of his love. 1 John 2, 9 through 10 says this, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. When we start hating one another or having discord, something is there that can make us stumble. And so Jesus is saying, hey, this commandment I'm giving you is so important. I want you to remember to remain in me, receive my love, and then give it to one another. Because if you don't, there is room to stumble. And he's asking us to listen so that he can keep us because he loves us and wants to keep us. First um, John three fourteen to 15 says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. The one who does not love remains in death. And I think it's just so important. We don't wanna remain in death. We don't wanna tarry in death. We wanna remain in love. We wanna remain in Christ's love for us that he sent, he, he died on the cross for us and we can remain in that place of love. And once we do that, we can give it out to others. Another passage, and I know this is a lot of passages, but I just wanna show you, Jesus talks about this a lot. So it's not like one obscure passage. It's actually all throughout the New Testament is this love for one another. Um, he even says, you know, they will know you by your love for one another. And so it's so important for us to get past this superficial, I like you, I think you're cool. It's actually a deep rooted love that comes from inside of us that as we begin to express that to one another and show that to one another, the world is gonna see and they're gonna say, hey, your God is different. Something is different about you guys. You just love each other so much. You would, you would bend over backward for those people. Well, yeah, I would. I would. I would give up my whole life for them. And so this Matthew 24 passage, it says, it's, it's Jesus. He's talking about the, the end of times. It's right before um, he is crucified and actually I'm questioning. It's either right before he's crucified or it's after he came back. I didn't write that down and it's in that space and time. Um, (laughs) Then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. 
And there's, there's a lot in that passage, but if you go back to the, a little bit to the beginning, um, it says, many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Going away from Jesus looks like hating one another. When we don't have love for one another, we begin to walk away from the love that we first knew. And it is so important for us to root ourselves in the love of Christ and let it completely fill our hearts all the way full, all the way full. And then it goes on to say that uh, sin will be rampant everywhere. You know, we live in a society where sin is having fun. You know, we could, you can go out and do whatever you want and there is so much stuff going on and then people's love will grow cold. That's what Jesus says. But we are not going to be a people whose love grows cold. We are gonna be a people who love well. In the middle of all of that, we're gonna love one another well. There's no condemnation in Christ. So what do we do? We love and we, we show them a better way. We give them hope for a future. We begin to pour out love on one another. And when we mess up, when one of us messes up, we don't announce it to the world. We go and we, we talk to one another one-on-one -on -one and we say, hey, that hurt my feelings. And we don't, we don't announce it to the world. We actually talk to one another and we make things right in this body. And we're gonna, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna begin to love one another well in a different way, in a God way, in a Jesus way. And it says that those that endure to the end, that word endure, that word is the same root word as abide in our John 15 passage. So when we have love that endures, we are in by abiding. And so we want our, our abiding and our endurance to be in the love. It's rooted in love. It's rooted in Christ's love. And we can, uh, we can, we could lose our love for others. We could begin to lose our, our love and it, it begins to grow cold, right? It says that the love of, of many will grow cold. Well, you know what? There's a warning sign for us. If you feel like there's a discord between you and someone else, you can take it to the Lord right there. It's, it's just a warning sign. It's Jesus saying, hey, 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 love one another. And so you don't have to go into condemnation or shame or, or doubt about your salvation. Instead, just take it to Jesus. I'm really struggling with this. I struggle with this person and I need you to fill me once again with their love. I need you, with your love. I need you to give me eyes that see them the way you see them. I need you to help me to act in a, in, in a way that is, uh, is in line with the vine. I wanna live in alignment with the vine. I don't wanna do it my way. I wanna do it your way. I don't wanna try to be my own vine. I don't wanna be separate from you. I wanna be part of you. And if I'm part of you, then I'm gonna have love for those around me. Okay? So everybody doing okay? I know this is a heavy word. I, whew. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just a warning sign for us. We can see when there's, a little, when there's a little discord, Jesus is just saying, hey, I want you to notice and I want you to take note and I want you to make an adjustment. Come to me, come to me. That's what his invitation is. There's a passage in 2 Peter that also talks about uh, loving our, our brothers and sisters. And I 
I'm gonna read it. It's uh, 2 Peter 1, verses five through eight. It says, in view of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. So what we wanna do is, Peter, if you, if you, I know I buzzed right through that, but if you go back to 2 Peter this week and look in chapter one, God gives you a very clear outline of how to begin to work um, and, and receive his love for your brothers and sisters. There's a very clear outline. It begins with uh, moral excellence. And so you, you just begin to ask God, help me have moral excellence. I don't even know what that means. What is moral excellence? Lord, can you show me in your word? What is moral excellence? And then begin to add knowledge, knowledge of God, knowledge of his love, knowledge of his goodness, knowledge of his kindness, knowledge of the things he's done in the past, because that will help you know what he's gonna do in the future. So you just begin to ask him for those things. And as we grow in that, our love for everyone will be there. So if, if you're a little off right now, that's okay. I, I had a major life adjustment back in November. I was lacking love for some people in my life and the Lord came and this is not a word just for you guys. This is a word that the Lord did in me. He, he convicted me straight to my heart and it was like, you're not loving them well. And I was like, oh, and he's like, I love them. I love them. I'm the vine dresser and I love them and I love you and I want you to love them the way that I love them because I love you. You don't need them to be a certain way. You don't need them to treat you a certain way. You don't need them to respond to you a certain way. You can be loved by me and that is sufficient. So this is, a, this is a personal word for me. This isn't just a, like, I hope you guys all receive it. This is personal. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. One thing that's amazing to me is Jesus tells his disciples what he's gonna do for them before he does it. And they didn't catch it. <laughs> None of them knew that he was gonna go to the cross at this point. He, they, he had told them like multiple times. And he says right here, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. He loved us so much that he was willing to lay down his life for us. And now he is asking us to resemble him, to resemble him by laying our lives down for one another. So one of the things that we can do right here is we can just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how do you want me to lay down my life in this season for my friends? How do you want me to lay down my life? What does that look like? Because we don't need to like look to other people and ask them what they do to lay down their life for one another, but we need to ask the Holy Spirit in this season of my life. And it's a question we can actually ask in all seasons of life, every day even. How do you want me to lay my life down today? How am I laying my life down for my brothers and sisters in Christ today? What does that look like to you? Does that mean taking a meal to someone even though it's inconvenient? Does that mean I call someone even though I don't have time to talk? Does that mean that I, um, I text someone or maybe it's for some of us, me included, um, it means that I uh, wake up 
a little early so that I can get filled with his love so that I don't, um, you know, I'm not rude to people that are in my home. Um, and for me, waking up early is hard. So that is laying my life down. <laughs> you can ask Jason. I would sleep forever if I could. Um, so there are different ways in different seasons of how we lay our life down for people. But God will show you. He'll reveal it to you if you ask him. And so I just wanna encourage us. There's no condemnation in this word. This is all a conversation. This is a beginning of a conversation with the Lord. Let me experience your love. Let me see it. Let me receive it. And then help me to be empowered by your Holy Spirit to give it. And so I just wanna encourage you guys this morning um, to, to do that. Go and ask the Lord, what does it mean to take up my cross and follow you today? What does that mean? What does that look like? First John 3.16 says this, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. I love that. The next thing that Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you Friends, for all that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. You are my friends. He tells us, you are my friends. To be friends with Jesus means we do what he says, not out of threat, but because we know him and we love him. We, we obey him because we love him. It's not a do this to get into heaven kind of thing. It's actually a, I love your ways. I love your word. Psalm 119 talks so much about, I love your word. I meditate on it day and night. It's so, it's, it fills me. It makes me feel complete. It it's, makes me whole. And so as we begin to look to him and receive, sorry, I, I added something and I got off. <laughs> um, but we love him and we love his word. And as we meditate on it, we will uh, do what he says. We'll do what he says. And it's, it's kind of like Jason and I, I look at it like this. If, if I love Jason, I'm gonna find out what pleases him. I'm gonna find out what, what, what he loves. What, what makes him happy? What, what can I do to serve him? What can I do to bless him? How can I make his life uh, better? And so when we love someone, that's what we do. So Jesus is saying, I call you my friends. And because you're my friend, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Love my ways and his ways are love. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? He's saying, hey, come and do what I'm saying. Come into this invitation with me. And I love that he calls us friends. I love that he says that, that we are his friends and that we can do what he's asking us to do. The next part of the passage says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And I think sometimes we think that um, to get whatever, I mean, Jesus says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he can give it to you. I think sometimes we get this a little backwards. We think if I just pray a lot, then maybe he'll do what I'm asking him to do. But if we look at the passage, 
You didn't choose me, I chose you. I pointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. The fruit is what shows God that we are in the vine. And when we look like the vine, we can ask and it will be done. And so it's a little bit of a, because <laughs> I think sometimes we just think, oh, if I just try harder or pray better or do better, then I will be able to ask and I'll receive something. But actually it's the abiding in the love and letting the love flow through us that produces fruit and that fruit shows that we're in the vine. In that passage, that part of the passage, it says, I chose and appointed you. And that appointed word it, in the original Greek, it means it ordained or set in place or purposed. He purposed us. He set us in place to bear fruit. And I loved this. I looked up, I look up words. So if you like words and want to know more about words, use the blue letter Bible app and you can go and you can click on words and they'll show you in the original Greek or the original Hebrew what those words meant and the origin and the root word. And um, it's fascinating because sometimes in translation, the word gets lost um, because it's much more pictorial than we're allowed to believe based on our English language. So I always look up words. So I would encourage you when you're reading your Bible, if something doesn't make sense, go and look up the original, go see what it really said and, and begin to do your own investigation in that way. Um, but the word bear fruit. So that word bear, it had kind of several pictures to it. To bear with oneself, to bear up or uphold, keep from falling, to endure, to endure the rigor of something, to bear patiently one's conduct or to spare someone, abstain from punishing them to bring forward, to announce, to bring forth, to bring forward in speech. And I thought it was so fascinating to me that in that word, bear fruit, there's even this idea of not putting punishment on someone. It's withholding punishment. It's actually in that word is this removal of uh, self-righteous uh, condemnation on someone else. And that word fruit is a harvest. So as we love one another well, and we bear and endure and uh, remain with one another in God's love, we begin to reap a harvest. And I think that's so beautiful. So our fruit is to remain, or our, our Oh yeah, it says our fruit is to remain. Our fruit is to remain and that remain is the same word. It's eternal. It's an eternal state. So as we love one another and the harvest starts coming in, you know what happens? Our fruit remains. It stays. It's eternal. Those people are in heaven with us and we teach them the ways of love and how to receive the love of God and then give it to one another. Um, and so our appointment, our ordination isn't just by our goodness, it's by his love, his mercy and his grace. And then we're able to extend that to one another. So when we're connected with him, we accept our position as the branch. 
We have to be willing to accept our position. We are not the vine. We are not the vine dresser. We don't get to decide who gets chopped off. We don't get to decide. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can laugh. It's okay. Um, <laughs> we've got we've to make a decision to be a branch, to receive the love of the Father, the, the love of Jesus and allow him to give us that love so much that we begin to have grapes just pop right out. That's what I want. Jesus finishes with this, that these things I command you so that you will love one another. I don't think that he was joking. He repeated it twice. <laughs> I want you to love one another. And I think that for one life, the heart cry of the Father has been love one another. Love one another. Put aside all the other stuff and let's love one another well. Let's lay our lives down for one another. And I, I wanna just commend you because uh, there's actually, um, we see this in you. We see a lot of laying down of your life. You have laid down your lives selflessly to build this house. We have, we have seen that. And so I don't want to get, I, I don't want there to be any mistaking. We see how we have labored and how we have worked hard to, to build the community that you have. And so this isn't like a correctional word. This is a call forward word. I hope that makes sense. This is a calling forward. We're going to go to the next layer. And that is in, in our love for one another. The vine is one vine. Jesus doesn't have multiple vines. There's only one. And because there is only one, we are one. We are one. If we hate one another, we spread sickness and disease through the vine. The vine dresser out of care for the entire vine, he will need to salvage the vine. That branch was not receiving from the vine. It wasn't, it had, it, it had cut itself off. Jesus didn't cut it off. It had cut itself off from the love of the Father. We must be willing to receive from the vine and allow the vine to produce fruit in us. We resemble Jesus when we show selfless, sacrificial love to one another. His nature is love and when we abide, our nature becomes love. Our nature becomes love. James 2.13 tells us to let mercy triumph over ju judgment. So if we have judgment in our heart against a brother or sister in Christ, we need to surrender that. If we have anger or frustration, we have to surrender it. We have to lay down our rights. We have to lay them at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, you didn't judge me for all my sins. So I'm not gonna judge them for all of their sins. You didn't condemn me. So I'm not gonna condemn them. We have to come into alignment with the love that he's given to us, which is forgiveness and grace and mercy and hope. And we need to allow him to work that deep within us. So this morning, I just, I felt that this is a, this is a deep word. It's a deep word and I know that. Um, but the Bible tells us how to deal with words that confront us because this passage confronts me. I don't know if anybody else is feeling confronted right now, but I was confronted as I was studying even. And there's this confrontation of, I don't line up with this in every way. But here's what we do. We simply ask the Holy Spirit 
to reveal to us the places that are a little off, where maybe right now there's just a little cut in the vine. And you know what's beautiful about the, the love of Jesus is it can come and heal that right up. It can be reattached like that. So we ask him, we allow him to speak to us. And so I want everybody to just close their eyes right now and ask the Lord, Jesus, please reveal to me anyone in this body or the body at large, the whole church, that I have any judgment, any anger, any frustration. Reveal it to me, Lord. And it can be as simple as a picture of that person in your mind or their name or a group of people. Maybe it's a whole nother church that has hurt you. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about somebody, the Bible tells us that we're just to confess it to Him. And the Holy Spirit will come and He will help us. We can ask Him to begin to operate in our hearts and move us in love towards that person to help us be filled up by His love. Ask for a connection to the vine that deepens your love for them. Jesus, we just come to you today. I ask that you would reveal to us anywhere that our love has gone cold. I ask that you would show us and simply we lay it at your feet, Lord. We recognize that we have fallen short in that area, but you have paved the way for us. You already paid the price for our sin and we thank you for that. And I just ask that you would come and fill us afresh with your love Help us to know your love deep in our hearts and help us do an operation in our heart to begin to see that person the way you see them, to love those people the way you love them, to be connected to the vine in a flourishing way, to love as you love. Jesus, we just thank you so much that we don't have to depend on ourselves for this, but it is a work that you do in us. It is a work that we can surrender to, that we can allow you to move in. And I just ask that you would be with all of your people today, helping them to know your love, that they would be able to abide in your love and remain. I thank you so much. Amen. And so... I just wanna encourage you, if the Lord started to speak to you in that time, don't let this end right here. Let him do the work at home with you. It's a simple thing of just talking with him. He wants to do the deep work in your heart and it's not done just on a Sunday service. It's done at home in the privacy of your own bedroom. Go and cry to him. Tell him how they've hurt you. He doesn't, it's not like he's, he's like, okay, get over it. That's not the father's heart. The father's heart is, I love you and I wanna be, I wanna be able to fill you up. And I wanna be able to mend those wounds. And I wanna be able to put my healing touch on those places. And so it's not a like get over it thing. This is a connection thing. And this is a surrendering place. This is a place of saying, God, I'm coming back into the vine. I wanna be in the vine with you, okay? Um, If you're here and you've never been connected to Jesus. You've never had a connection to this kind of love, this love that overlooks hurt and pain. You know, there's, a, there's, a, there's an offering of a gift to you today 
to ask Jesus to come and forgive you of your sins because He died on the cross for them and rose again so that we could have life and love eternally. And so if you're here and you would say, I've never asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins, today you can make that decision. And it is a, it's, it's the first step in our journey. It's the first step in our walk. And so I wanna make sure that you have opportunity here. If you wanna make that step, you can simply pray a prayer with us this morning. And then I would encourage you to tell someone in this room that you made that decision. You can also fill out a, the connection card and let us know on there if you don't wanna talk to someone personally, but put it in the bucket on your way out. But you can make that decision today and it begins a relationship with Jesus, the lover of our souls, the one who makes us feel complete and completes us and makes us whole and helps us to overcome all the things that this world throws at us. And then we get to abide and live in heaven with him forever. So um, as a church family, we're gonna pray this prayer together. And if, if this is your first time, I want you, it, the word says that you believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God and he died for you and confess it with your mouth. So say it out loud. And that begins that relationship with him. And then you can begin to talk to God all you want. He's right there listening. He's inviting you. So Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner and I need you. I ask that you would come and cleanse me of my sin. Make me whole, fill me with your Holy Spirit. You are the son of God and the one who redeems my soul. I wanna live in heaven with you and abide in your love on earth. In Jesus name, amen. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This was uh, such a privilege. And I hope that as you leave here, that you are refreshed by God's love because his love is what fills us up and makes us complete.